0: Honey Hush is a podcast by a southern businesswoman who knows a thing or two about using honey to attract the bees. Every week, Elizabeth will discuss up-and-coming and established leaders alike how to win influence with one simple strategy, kindness. Whether you're a successful entrepreneur or still in the dream phase, Honey Hush will teach you that the sweeter the honey, the more bees you'll attract. Community is always more fun than competition. When you were a child, did you ever go car shopping with your parents? My dad was the kind of guy that knew which car he wanted before he ever went to the dealership. He already had in his mind, already made up before he had his foot even hit the front door. With his own paperwork in hand, he would ask to talk with a salesman and then very quickly ask them to see the dealership paperwork in order to see how closely the numbers would align. This was in the 80s, y'all before carfax or kelly blue book he would create his own documents that defended his case and if if he did not like the terms he was prepared to walk away and go to the next dealership because they also had a car that he liked just as much he was more interested in the bottom line than the exact model of car more times than not though upon standing up to leave the salesperson would stop my dad and then concur to the price that my dad had written down in his documents Those were my very earliest days of realizing that everything can be negotiated. Now, obviously, not everything. The price of bananas is not a thing to haggle over, but many things associated with your business can and should be looked at through the lens of necessity, value, and return. So let's just jump right in and talk about necessity. Necessity is the idea of, do you need it? You know, need versus want. Necessity, do you need it? Or is this just something that might be fun to have in your business? Now, that's a loaded question, especially in an age of DIY and YouTube educational options. And to be even more transparent, as a practical idealist type of person, for me, necessities, even in business, come down to food, water, sleep anything else is just frivolous now i'm not saying it's not fun or i don't want it but and also you know there's things in business that are beneficial but to say that something is necessary for success is a really big jump in my mind i've often been so proud to drive around downtown here in start mississippi and i see these beautiful brick and mortar store store owners who invest in really pretty storefront decorations all for the month of february I would be horrible at pulling the trigger to buy a bunch of hearts and pink glitter to entice people to purchase with me during Valentine's. I would be a terrible storefront owner, I do believe. I'm that boring person that would pick you know, one universal theme and keep it up for like 12 months. Because surely it's not necessary to spend a lot of money on a giant Cupid, right? Could the same type of allure be created without spending so much of my hard-earned profits? But let's be honest— In business, sometimes visuals really do matter. And speaking of visuals, in a world where social media is literally an employee to sell yourself and your product, you could get lost in purchasing high-tech equipment with all the bells and whistles and have so many editing apps that your phone is literally smoking. Could there be a way that does not require so much stuff but still get the job done in an excellent way? The word necessity in business just has me thinking that we live in such a world of excess and ease right at our fingertips that it is possible that we're spending money on things for our business that, quite honestly, could be done more efficiently if we looked at it through the lens of, do we really need this to be successful? In my analogy of my dad purchasing a car, yes, a car in general was a necessity for transportation, but because the exact model did not really matter— all the cars had four wheels, my dad had power to make a wise decision that did not operate outside of our family budget. The only necessary factor was that it was an automobile. Of course, he wanted all the bells and whistles and visuals matter in this scenario too, but ultimately he was willing to pay a certain price for the necessary component. The rest could be negotiated into the deal. Okay. The next thing is like the value that we put on something that we invest in with our business. This word carries a little bit different weight because its meaning is not quite as literal as food, water and sleep. Value has to do with whether you're eating an apple or a honey bun. Both are food. Both are going to make you full for a minute. But the value that each food item offers is different. So in the car scenario, how many miles to the gallon of gas does it get and maybe what mileage of tire it's sporting? In business, we have an idea of that end goal we hope to deliver to our client. We want to be a point of value to them as well in their ledger system. And if you have employees that work for you, typically you pay them according to the value they offer the company. That's why kids straight out of college may do the same job as somebody who did not go to college for that same career. But the one with experience gets paid more because time in the industry is of great value to the company. As an entrepreneur, you have got to be incredibly wise and scrupulous to know your own personal values as well as the overriding values of the business that you're creating. Oftentimes, in a business plan or a mission statement, a business's value is literally stated because what you value as a person and as a business owner both anchors you and guides you in future decisions. What are five things that you personally value? For me, personally, as well as business, for me, the things that I value are my faith, my family, my friends, my freedom, and my finances. All business decisions run through that filtering system. Because I've been doing this for a while, I can quickly analyze situations and decide their value to me, but how it will affect those five components in my life. And again, going back to the car analogy, the value of the car could be determined by what you want to do with it. If you only have one kid, but you're looking at a large SUV, how often is that third row actually going to get used value-wise when really a sedan would get it done? Is it possible to negotiate an SUV down to a sedan price point? What value is maybe higher mileage to you to have an older mileage SUV to stay within your budget? Your business is the same way. You do not have to have all the best, latest trending things to be profitable and successful unless you personally hold it at a high value that you think your business is dependent upon. And that is why the word value is just such a great term and it's one that you can make personally. Which leads me to the last word, return. Can you make your money back out of that investment you made? And even better, can you use this to make even more money, not just make the money back you invested, but make even more. We're all in business to make money, not spend money. Am I right? And, you know, <laughs> let's just be honest, it's so much easier to spend it. Well, I was in Atlanta at the wholesale market, I could have really got myself into some major trouble. Everything was set up and curated so cute. It literally made me want to go rent out an entire block downtown of of, of, of this real estate Thing downtown. I just really wanted to go rent out this, this block of real estate and, and set up a shop for like five different vendors. But I'm not a fool. <laughs> and I quickly check myself. However, it's such a story of how easy it is to fall to the trap of wanting it all in order to feel prepared for success. If I present my business in this way, will I be successful? If I look and present myself in this way, Will I be successful? If I buy this thing to make this thing happen, will I be successful? Sometimes getting the name brand product instead of a knockoff is the right decision. So price your product according to getting, in order to get the profitable return on that investment. Sometimes attending that expensive coaching conference in another state is the right investment. So price your product according to get the profitable return on that investment. I certainly am not advocating for always choosing a less expensive or cheap alternative, but going back to the car analogy one last time, if you're going to buy a brand new car right off the lot with only 5 miles on the odometer, plan on driving it for a couple years and not letting depreciation kick you in the face. That negotiation is one that happens in your own mind. I personally have only owned one brand new car in my entire life, and that car I'm driving right now currently has over 120,000 miles on it because I negotiated with myself that if I got that car, I would keep it a long time for value reasons, and I've kept that deal with myself. So if you decide to go with the more expensive alternative in your business, have an actual plan for negotiating terms of return on that investment. To marry all of this together, let's not neglect the highest commodity of all that is the most impossible to define a return on, but is of great value, is the amount of time you personally put into something. Time is a necessary thing to give, but has got to have boundaries from the very beginning. Sometimes the best thing to do is to hire someone to do a task for you so that you can have your time back. And we all know that analysis paralysis is a time thief. Over-researching to find the best deal can sometimes cost way more than you realize. And being absent in one area of your life to build another part of your life also costs you something. Be wise in your negotiations of the time you give away into building your business. Is it necessary for you to be there doing that thing, or can it be delegated to someone else? Is it of high value that you are the one making that decision, or can that be delegated to someone else? And can you can you track a return on your time being given to that task? Those are all questions that only you can answer. And like always, please do not hear me say that I have made all the right decisions that align perfectly with this topic today. But as a partner with you. The kind thing for me to do is to encourage you to evaluate your business decisions in this way instead of making mistake after mistake and learning the hard way. Too many times, really good business ideas die because of poor business decisions. So bottom line, my real questions are, do you know what is necessary to be successful in your business? What are the bottom line needs it's going to take for you to be successful? Do you know what you hold at a high value in your business? Go back and list five things that you hold of value and then filter your business through those things. Do you know how to make a return on the investments that you've made in your business? Are you pricing yourself correctly? A real life example with me happened just this week as I was interviewing publishing companies for my book. Several turn of events occurred that landed me on the phone with the company that I decided was the right one for me. At first glance, this company was really asking a lot of me, or so I thought. But because I knew what was necessary, not frivolous, to be a successful author before I ever even got on the phone with this publisher, I was able to negotiate a different package option that was specific to my needs. Because I knew what parts of the process were of high value to me as a first-time author, I was able to negotiate a timeline of terms that I'd be comfortable with. And because I knew what my budget was and what my end goal profit, what I want the end goal profit to be, I was able to negotiate a contract that was not even on the table according to their website. With confidence, I presented my plan and waited for the right opportunity to fulfill that plan. I was never over-anxious, I was never over-inflated, and I never overplayed my cards. I did not spend a lot of time begging or over-researching. I knew the answers to my questions and I waited for the right company that could provide me with what I thought was necessary, valuable, and the right return. I simply asked myself the same questions that I want you to ask yourself when you're needing to make a business decision and then stick to your guns. Kenny Rogers absolutely says it best in his song, The Gambler. You've got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them, Know when to walk away and know when to run. Having a successful business takes patience and it takes practice, but it will lead to profits if you take a minute to evaluate your needs, values, and expectations. Do not settle for less than what you set out for. Lead with confidence and be prepared to walk away if you have to. The right opportunity will find you. Now, maybe you're not starting a business, but I'm hoping at least somebody out there you know somebody's trying to start a business, especially with everything that's happening with COVID. Everybody's kind of like reinventing themselves and thinking of side hustles. And so, you know, if you know, if you yourself are you know contemplating starting a business or maybe you know somebody who is, I ask that you share this episode with them. And hopefully this was lighthearted enough and to the point just to get your mind processing through your next business decision, but without feeling bad about times that may not have worked out just right gosh knows, I have a list of failed attempts. Do not let the idea of messing up stop you though from trying. Fail forward if you have to. No one ever succeeded at anything by just thinking about it. Get those ideas out of your brain and into the world. You will never know unless you try. Maybe even consider having a business accountability partner that wants to see you succeed too. So until next time y'all, keep the honey flowing.